my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic week. A great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Eric Brakey. Always a great time talking to Eric. Um, and he joined the show to talk about his new position as director of the Free State Project. If you've never heard of the Free State Project, you're about to learn all about it. Uh, great stuff happening right now up in New Hampshire. Uh, before I get to Eric, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe if you're an Apple user. Please uh, take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Eric Brakey. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Eric Brakey. Eric, how you been, man? Hey, Brady. It's been a long time. It has been. I know we were just saying off the air, it's been like a year since I've yeah. been on the show with you. Yeah, I know. I'm used happened. to catching up every few months. And uh, yeah, we don't talk for a year and a lot happened for both <laughs> of us. <laughs> a lot, quite a bit of changes, man. And and that's why I want to start today. Eric, you recently accepted the position of executive director of the Free State Project. Um, and at the end of your term in the Maine State Senate, you're going to be relocating your family to New Hampshire. Big changes for the Brakies. I'm stoked for you, brother. First of all, what went into this decision? And also, for the folks who aren't aware, what is the Free State Project? Yeah, well, first I'll start with your second question. The Free State Project is its basically a mass migration movement, recognizing that liberty-minded people, whether you're like a libertarian or just a constitutional conservative who wants the government to leave you alone, uh, we are a diaspora. We are a minority around the country. Certainly our country was founded on this idea that we were supposed to live free and, and have limited government, uh, but certainly that's not what we live under today. Uh, and because we are a dispersed diaspora of people who love liberty across the country, we are ignorable. The political power structure can just say, you guys are like, what, 1% to 3% of the vote, you know? Right. You don't you don't matter, right? We're just going to keep chugging along with this statist, tyrannical machine, keep taking more of your freedoms, taking more of your paychecks, and what are you going to do about it? Well, the Free State Project was founded on an idea about two decades ago that what if you took this diaspora of liberty people and everyone um, – not everyone, but as many people as possible converged on a single location, a single state, uh, a single state, preferably a small state with a small population right. that already has a libertarian ethic. And what they decided on was New Hampshire. Now, I will say at one point in the running, Maine was in the running. Maybe I wish a little bit they had chosen Maine, but they chose New Hampshire right. about two decades ago. And um, they've had a profound impact there. I mean – at this point, uh, certain estimates over 7,000 people have moved to New Hampshire uh, under the banner of the Free State Project, and that doesn't count. I know many people who aren't even on the radar who never signed up for anything but have just moved to New Hampshire because of that reputation. New Hampshire has grown more and more over the decades of being – you know, really living up to its ethic of being the live free or die state. And uh, I think you see this manifested in the fact that despite progressive attempts to take over and impose an income tax on the state of New Hampshire, 
New Hampshire still has no income tax, no sales tax. They passed one of the most, uh, uh, one of the best school choice policies in the country, education yeah. freedom accounts, where you can literally take your tax dollars and use it to support your kids' education, whether it's homeschooling or private school or, or what you know, whatever whatever works for you and your family. Uh, there's really amazing things happening in New Hampshire, especially compared to the rest of New England, and it's because that concentration of liberty people who are there. And I will tell you, I've been on the job now for two weeks. Uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind tour for me, hopping back and forth between Maine and New Hampshire as I do legislative work and kind of get to know the communities I'm going to be serving going forward in my new role. And I tell you, um, it's like the Ron Paul campaign never ended in New Hampshire. Yeah. Every single day there's meetups, uh, uh, social groups, uh, uh, people doing amazing things, not just kind of communing with each other, but I mean, free staters are good neighbors to have. There's right. free state groups like going out, picking up trash in their communities, uh, and um, and really just working to make New Hampshire a a a free a free state, a, a homeland for liberty. Yeah, man. Yeah, and it's funny, like. I mean, obviously, you you hosted a podcast for for a while too. Like you under and you've traveled the country. You've been all over. You know that like most people, unfortunately, this day and age, just follow national politics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they their their understanding of the different states are kind of how they vote during federal elections and and what color their senators, you know, red or blue, happen to be. You know what I mean? But people who only follow national politics don't understand how free New Hampshire is. I mean. They just say, oh, it's a swing state. They've got, like, some lib senators, a centrist GOP governor. But, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, there's no state income tax. There's no sales tax. There's no—I I don't. I believe there's no capital gains tax as well. Um, constitutional carry, you know, all, all that stuff. That, like, the state government spends very little money compared to just about any other state on things like education and, and things like that. So it is—there's definitely more than, than meets the eye there. Yeah, and I believe the Cato Institute just ranked New Hampshire the freest state in America. Uh, number two was Florida. So for all the attention that Florida gets, New Hampshire is still edging uh, edging um, the state out. I would say the one thing I'd like to see New Hampshire work on, uh, you know, I come from a state in Maine where we I did a lot of work to pioneer a lot of our medical cannabis and adult mm -hmm. use cannabis laws. Uh, New Hampshire is, you know, still uh, really? there's some work to be done there in New Hampshire. I did yeah, not well, know that. Well, they don't have a referendum process in New Hampshire, right? So um, uh, in other states, most states, it was by the people voting right. to just get rid of these laws. You still have, I think, in the in the Senate in New Hampshire, you have uh, a couple of dinosaurs because they don't have term limits who are still living in the in the kind of reefer madness age with all these kind of paranoid thoughts of what uh, <laughs> what what cannabis does. So that's something I'm sure we're going to. Uh, there's, a, you know, it's a free state project right 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 <laughs> it's a it's a work in progress but there's been so much progress that has been made and before we go any further i need to do my 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 duty and um we have two awesome events coming up in the new year um the uh liberty forum uh in nashua new hampshire and uh that's going to be march 14th to march 17th tickets are on sale right now at nhlibertyforum.com uh, and also the porcupine freedom festival uh, a family-friendly freedom festival. That's going to be June 17th to the 23rd. This is going to be the 21st Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's like the Libertarian Burning Man. H have you ever been to Porkfest? I have never been to Porkfest. Well, that's got to change. Oh, yeah. I know, man. You... Next year, I might have so, to make so, it happen. Yeah, so are, I, I hope that after this, you're going to be marking off on your calendar 
June 17th to the 23rd. I mean, it's it's an experience not to be missed. I mean, uh, it's become, I, you know, it, <laughs> and, uh, talk to anyone who's gone to Porkfest. It is a totally unique experience, like a completely pop-up autonomous society yeah. for like an entire week. And um, it's amazing. Um, the speakers are always, you know, insane as well. I know you have Dr. Paul coming, or I believe both of them. The elder and the younger this year. Um, yeah, Dr. Paul will will be speaking this year. A lot of the speakers haven't been announced yet. Um, uh, we're still kind of early in the process. But last year we had uh, tons of presidential candidates: Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Vivek Ramaswamy, um, maybe some others as well. Uh, but but more important, but but even more importantly than you know presidential candidates come, coming and trying to get people's votes i think that that's i mean that's a sign of like how influential the free state community has become in new hampshire right. uh, but more important than that i mean just good people across the liberty movement in the entire country from uh, people you know like dave smith and matt kibbe and scott horton are regularly in attendance tom woods has made an appearance there in uh, recent years um but also just like you come and you're going to make friends for life. It's a libertarian camping trip. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm going to link to all that all that stuff in the show notes. So, uh, if, you know, if you're not writing it down at home, I'll tweet it out. I'll link to everything. Definitely check it out. Um, and tickets sell out. Yeah, yeah. Get them quick. Get them quick, folks. Um, man, in this, the foreseeable future, I, I think the Free State Project and movements like that, just local localized regional movements, are kind of the only option <laughs> for for people who care about liberty. You know, like we're getting not not to be a downer, um, but like we're getting further away, not closer to libertarians being able to like win races. You know, it, it's just not outside of the local and regional races. Um, like you did, obviously, you're you're a great example. Unfortunately, there just aren't very many Eric Brakey's in office right now. Um, even at the state senate level, there are some. Um, but, you know, Ron Paul was obviously the best campaign we ever had, right? He actually won primaries and caucuses in 08 and 2012. But, you know, the GOP is moving away from mm -hmm. the, the you know, the found, fundamental principles of liberty. Unfortunately, they're moving in a more nationalist direction, which is great in a lot of ways and bad <laughs> in, in some ways, too. And obviously that will change and there are ebbs and flows. But I think right now it is wise to focus regionally focus on one state focus locally on your own community um we just don't have we've never had the numbers but we don't even have the numbers we had um you know a decade ago i, I don't think it seems like it, things are not yeah. going in our favor right now well I, I i i would contest that a little bit i mean i certainly think if you're just looking at the federal level i would say yeah you know the federal level i've experienced this as someone who's run for federal office twice right right uh, the establishment is really good at guarding the seats of power right in Washington DC. I mean they're I mean the establishment literally has a money printing machine. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that they're directly connected to. So they can just like through this their special interest friends that they appropriate funds to that are printed at the Federal Reserve and then come back to all their campaign coffers. They can just drop millions of dollars like yeah. it's nothing. Right. Whereas we are a grassroots powered movement, uh, our, the dollars that our people have are depreciating in value right. with all this inflation, um, uh, though we're, hopefully we're, we're smart enough to be investing in gold, silver and Bitcoin. But um, but yeah, certainly when it comes to these federal seats, we're always at a competitive disadvantage there, though we have had great success with yeah. people like Rand Paul and Thomas Massey and a few others. But the Achilles heel of the empire 
is the state legislatures of this country. And I will say that when it comes to the state legislatures, I remain very optimistic. When I look at the work that's uh, being done with, of course, my former employer, Young Americans for Liberty, and uh, the the grassroots door knockers that they've mobilized to help get Liberty candidates elected to the state legislatures in their uh, Hazlitt coalition. I mean, we're talking about um, when I got elected to the state Senate for the first time in 2014, there was maybe like a dozen real right. liberty legislators across the country. Today, I mean, we're, we're it's you've got to count them in the hundreds. Right. You know, um, uh, I, I don't remember where it is kind of last count, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's over 300 at this point, which is, I mean, in the span of a decade is amazing. I mean, that's the silent revolution, the yeah. revolution that will not be televised because they only because the meet, corporate press will only talk about what's going on in Washington D.C. But that's a sideshow. It's a circus. I mean, 100%. these institutions on the federal level have been hollowed out of any power anyway, and it's really kind of these unelected intelligence agencies who are calling the shots on the federal level when it comes to all of our foreign policy. But you know, on the state level, we're seeing the opportunity to pass things. I mean. If you ever thought that, like, on the state level, you couldn't do anything about foreign policy, I mean, we're seeing a groundswell of support for Defend the Guard legislation yeah. yep. to tell um, Congress that if they do not, you know, actually vote to authorize these foreign wars, that they will not be authorized to take our state National Guardsmen off to fight in these wars. And our state National Guardsmen around the country account for about 50 percent of all active duty troops in the wars yeah. that we fought the last uh, the last 20 years. And so if states start passing that, I sponsored it in Maine, got a lot of support uh, in New Hampshire. It just passed out a committee with majority support. I mean, if we start passing this state after state after state, uh, we can really start to bring the empire to heel without yeah. having a single, without even needing to have a single member in Congress. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, gaining a lot of ground in Tennessee right now, too. In their in their current session, yeah, I mean that defend the guard is is huge and it's very encouraging um, to see all the support across the country. Um, you know, it's it's like, and and you're you're totally right, man. The the state legislatures are the Achilles heel of the state. Um, you know, like when when Javier Mille was elected in Argentina, like obviously Isn't that it's, beautiful. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> God bless him. The, and the on dude, the first day. And on the first day, he actually followed through and started slashing all the existence of all these agencies. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's a nice true believer. He's a true believer. He's a true believer. Keep a campaign promise as bold as that. Yeah, I mean, he's a true believer, man. And I, I love it. I love the rhetoric. I love everything about it. You know, and I, I, God bless him. I hope it isn't too late for Argentina. I hope he does eliminate the central bank and whittles the federal government down to nothing and restores sound money and saves the country. I, I hope so. I hope that happens. Um, but it's like I, I hate to be a downer, but I had to write. I had to write an article about this because American libertarians were so excited, like, "See, it can happen here." And I'm like, my brother, it took 150 percent infl inflation and 40 percent of Argentines living below the poverty line to elect a libertarian. Man, like, voters choose pain yeah. until they can't anymore. You have chosen the path of pain, to, to quote Saruman. But it's just like, and you think it's bad here. But it's, I mean, they're, they're facing in inflationary levels fall. 10 times worse than the Great Depression, you know, the, the, the darkest yep. days of the Great Depression. So it's like, I just don't think, it's just, it, we have way further to fall. And it would be great, but but yeah. everyone will line up and come to guys like you and I and say, you were right, eventually, once everybody's eating zoo animals and, and, and things like that because they're starving. So it, it would be great once 
the Democrats and Republicans do finally devalue our money to nothing, and and you know the the party's over, and the entitlement programs are gone, and this and that. It would be great if there was a state like uh, New Hampshire that has insulated itself against a lot of the worst pain that is coming eventually. It would be yeah. great to have a free state like that that we can point to and say, look, it didn't have to be this way. Sucks that you, yeah. <laughs> sucks that we had to go down this road. But this is how we can fix it. This is how we can come back. Yeah, a free state in the empire of lies. And I'll tell you, that is why, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, it was a very hard decision. I think you you were asking me earlier. This was a very hard decision for me because, of course, of course. I've spent the last um, 12 years of my life working in Maine politics, you know, from being the state director for the Ron Paul campaign 12 years ago, serving three terms in the state senate, uh, getting work. I mean, working with thousands and thousands of grassroots people across Maine to try to protect our freedoms and paychecks, and having some big successes and and also some big frustrations. But I mean, ultimately, <laughs> we need a state that can serve as a model for the rest of the country about what a free state can actually be. And if if all states are just kind of a reflection of kind of mid-level to severe tyranny, right? There is no state to point at and say, wow, school choice is really working there in that right. laboratory of innovation. Why can't we have it here? Oh, wow, this state is managing to do the things the government we expect it to do while not having an income tax and not having a sales tax. Why do we in Maine need to have you know, some of the highest taxes in the country, you know, just the mere existence of New Hampshire, the existence of a free state, the existence of a homeland for liberty, not only will improve the lives of the people who live there, but 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 serve as that shining city on a hill that our founders believed America was supposed right. to be for the world before we started going abroad in search of monsters to destroy. Serve as that shining city on a hill and an example of what can be. And so that's why I'm, I'm so excited to, uh, to really kind of join this effort in, in, in New Hampshire. Um, and, and I hope that in the long run, that for my home, home, homeland of Maine, uh, that the work that's being done in New Hampshire will have spillover effects for Maine and, and every other state in the country. 100%. And you can kind of like, in these small states like New Hampshire too, it's, it's the perfect state to, to have this project in because it's like the, the bigger swing states are just more subject to the ebbs and flows of national politics you know what i mean mm -hmm. like a like my state of ohio is pretty we have a we do have a income tax which really sucks but we do have there has been a lot of movement like weed is now legal constitutional carry school choice just passed um there's been a lot of progress I, you know florida just gained two congressional districts because so many people moved there you know during the lockdowns and, and whatnot they moved to florida but it's just like a state like florida or ohio you just it, it they're so focused on i mean well new hampshire is too because the 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 New Hampshire primary, but after that, it's mm. kind of the the country forgets about about New Hampshire. Um, and but it's you know, let's say there's a Republican president. Let's say Trump wins, which is he's up in the mm. polls right now. Let's say he beats Biden next year, you know, and then he like does a bad job and sours the Republican brand with voters, and then some commie Democrat's going to get elected governor of Ohio as like blowback on the Republican Party, and the same in, in Florida too. Like the next governor could be some tyrant and it could just totally swing back in the other direction but with these smaller states 
you know, like, like you mentioned, you've had, you know, Democrat and, and Republican leadership in New Hampshire, and it's fluctuated, and there's still no income tax. There's still no sales tax. These liberty-minded initiatives are yeah. still getting passed, you know? So it's like, it almost has to come from a, a smaller... You can kind of circumvent the democratic process a little bit with a smaller population. Yeah, well, you know, when... The smaller the, the the state, the smaller the constituency, the more individual say you as a citizen has in yeah. the policies that govern you, right? Uh, I mean, one of the great things about New Hampshire is like for a small state, 1.3 million people, there's like four, they have 400 members of their House of Representatives. It's like yeah. the second biggest yeah. legislative body in the world, which means that literally like anyone can run for state representative and have a fairly good shot of of getting elected. And it's actually like a true kind of representative body. Like you think about like how Congress, it used to be, um, you know, when, when, when the constitution was formed, I forget the exact numbers, but like there were, there was about 60,000 people for per congressional district. Right. right? That's about how many people I represent as a state Senator in Maine. Yeah. (laughs) Right now, right now you've got like over half a million people per, per congressional district. How do you represent people? You don't know your constituents. You don't have a, personal relationship with them. But like in uh, that's what I love about these states with these smaller states with broad, large legislative bodies is it's it's really it's really that kind of, uh, you know, direct representation that our our country is supposed to be built on where people are accountable, where legislators are accountable to the people and not just uh, not just they don't just have the it's not just the special interests who have their ears. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, if we were to follow the original constitutional process, you'd have to hold the House of Representatives in whatever stadium the Redskins play in, or whatever <laughs> they're called now, commanders. You know, you'd have to have like a 30,000-seat stadium to hold, you know, the, the House of Representatives. And honestly, it would probably be—we'd still be screwed, but we'd probably be a little, a little less screwed than we are now, I think, if, <laughs> if people were actually held accountable. And it's funny, like the, the handful of good guys we have in Congress— come out of some of the smaller districts, rural districts. I mean, it's like, you know, Tom Massey, his yeah. constituents had to beg him to run. <laughs> they, they wanted him to, they begged him to run for town council or wherever it was to, to vote out some of the ridiculous laws based on farming and ranching. And then they were like, dude, you got to run for Congress. Like, please run for Congress, you know? And he's just some, he probably would have preferred being left alone, but uh, to his detriment and our benefit, he, he ran. And he's the same with, with Ron Paul yeah, as God well. Bless him. You know, the the old, you know, Ron Paul can win re-election because he delivered half of his constituents, you know, talk about having an intimate relationship with the people you represent. But it comes out of districts like that where you actually get the handful of politicians yeah. I still respect, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, and I think it does also kind of go to a point that something I, I think that we in the liberty world need to internalize a little, a little bit more is that, you know, the most— um, you know, it's not a coincidence that like Ron Paul was elected kind of greatest libertarian we probably ever had in Congress, ever had a chance to vote on for president. And he was like a baby doctor in his community who delivered thousands and thousands of babies. And and Thomas Massey, you know, was, um, you know, an in- engineer and did work with his kind of county county government uh, before he went to Congress. Right. Um they were involved in their communities, right? They weren't just talking to other libertarians. And I think that sometimes we can get into our own libertarian echo chambers with each other, uh, especially now that we have access to the internet. I mean, you can literally just be on 
you know, your social media platforms and just talking to other libertarians and, and not, and not be connected with the actual communities that we live in. But if we want to be effective in terms of defeating, you know, state power, then the most radical thing you can do is to be a good neighbor to the yeah. people around you. hundred um, percent. You know, you don't need a, a social welfare system if we have strong communities that take care of people who fall on hard times without, you know, coercion and, and force. Right. So, uh, and I, I tell you, I mean, that's something that so excites me about the Free State Project is it's just like to be with so many people who get it, right? Yeah. Get that we are we are community builders. Yeah. We aren't just uh, we aren't just political activists. It's funny, man. Um, you know, I, I I'm stoked for your new position, and I've always had a ton of respect for the Free State Project. It is like it. It, I, I'm, I'm imagining myself in your position or, or working with the Free State Project, waking up knowing you had to sell the idea of personal responsibility all day long. You know what I mean? Like that is like a tough sell for 2023 Americans. Say uproot your family, move here, take responsibility for yourself. No one owes you anything. And obviously it's correct and it's the right path yeah. forward. It's what our ancestors tough. did. It is. It is. 100%. Right. Our, our an- our ancestors got up and moved to flee political persecution, yeah. right? In order to come together with communities of people of, of with like values, in order yeah. to build something better. And uh, boy, has there ever been a time that we need people of of, of courage and conviction, uh, of good character, uh, to be willing to to do that again. And um, Brady, I know you got your family and you're in Ohio. I lived in Ohio for a while. It's a wonderful state and a lot of rights. But, you know, there's a home for you, too, in New Hampshire whenever you guys are ready. We'll see. We'll see. I, I You know, whole family's here. Ohio would have to get a lot worse. And, hey, anything, anything can happen. I'm not I'm not above moving out of state, but uh, it's uh, I'm still getting by a little bit. I'm ignoring I'm trying to ignore a lot of the silly laws and still do do my thing and. Once I can't, once they force me not to, then uh, then I'll I'll think about it for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna plant that bug in the back of your mind, <laughs> and it'll just sit there and gnaw on you for a decade, like it did for me. Did you already? I feel like uh, maybe I already asked you this. How many people, as a direct result of the Free State Project, have moved? How many families? Um. So, um, estimates are kind of a little all over the place, but uh, but I've heard over seven thousand. Oh wow. When you kind of boil that down, that's that's at least like one mover a day over yeah. the span of the lifetime of the organization. Uh, but at the same time, I also know – I mean those are the people that we have records of and right, right, we are right. in com- communication with. Um, there are also so many – like I know, for example, a good friend of mine who was a super volunteer on the Ron Paul campaign in Maine, and she moved to New Hampshire because – uh, she knew it was a good place to raise a family and, and, um, and she, you know, was starting to have kids and she moved there. She's not on the radar of any of these groups, yeah. but she moved there because of the reputation that New Hampshire has built and the free state project has built. And when the executive director position came open and they were posting about it, she's the one who sent it to me and said, you should apply for this. This would be perfect for you. And I hemmed and hawed for three months thinking I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, uh, there was no way I was going to uh, not run for re-election for the main Senate and go to New Hampshire. But and the more I thought about it, the more it makes sense. And so, um, so yeah, th- I know that there are, there are a lot of people in New Hampshire who I'm sure are beyond even the 7,000 that we know about. And that's going to be a big part of my job coming into this is trying to, you know, build systems that we can kind of identify uh, more, more Liberty people and, and make it clear that 
whether you've moved to New Hampshire or you're a native Granite Stater, uh, you are a free stater as long as you believe in the idea of a free New Hampshire. And we want to work with you. We want to communicate with you and we want to build community with you. Absolutely, man. And a lot of since COVID, um, we're kind of on two fronts. I think a lot more Americans are willing and you've seen it, too. You know, people moving, um, you know, to states like Texas and Florida that aren't as free as as New Hampshire. But when it came to both medical freedom and education, children's education, a lot of people who in blue states or, or any state with with messed up laws who were like, you know, this sucks. I hate being taxed. You know, I could really use that other 10% of my income that the state of New York is staking or California or Illinois or wherever. Um, but once all this stuff, you know, that, that conservatives rightfully latched onto and, and really brought to the forefront over the last five years or so, like the, the absolute rot happening in government schools, yeah. um, the the sexual stuff the the sexual indoctrination of children all all, the, all that kind of stuff then obviously with covid the the vaccine mandates and vaccine passports and all that i think those two issues especially for people with children a lot of americans were like okay i'm i'm open to leaving the state where my family has been for generations because i can't like they've cro- the state has crossed that line whether it be with forcing va- vaccination or with the yeah. the government school issues so i think you know, even as opposed to five years ago, a lot more people are going to be open to relocating than ever before. I mean, I can't even think of another, at least not in our lifetimes, where yeah. uh, this number of millions of Americans are, are open to the idea. You know, a lot of uh, people, you know, stay in the same town for generations and generations. You know, it's just part of human nature. You know, they're they they end up buried next to their grandfather. You know what I mean? In the in the same cemetery. You know that, that yeah. happens a lot. But I think, I think COVID was really the straw that broke the camel's back, and a lot of people are are willing to go to links that they didn't even think they were capable of a decade ago. Yeah, it it, it is. I mean, I think these last few years have been a real wake up call for so many families, and we've seen it. I mean, there's been a mass migration across America. I mean, people getting up and moving to New Hampshire to Florida, to Texas. And I will say that, you know, for folks who live in these states, you know, I've heard it when I was in Texas. I hear when I was in, and when, now that I'm going to New Hampshire, I hear people saying like, oh boy, we don't want all these people coming here and bringing the values of Massachusetts or wherever they're coming from. Uh, but what's interesting is you actually like look at the actual politics of people in, in, in mass who are moving there. And, the, you know, people moving to, I mean, I think I saw a stat that four out of five people moving to New Hampshire over the last few years have, are um, Republican voters wow. uh, in Texas. They're saying seeing that people moving to Texas are actually, by and large, more conservative than Texas itself. Right. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 it, we are seeing. Um, yes, people may be coming from these states that we look at as like, oh, a bunch of mass holes or a bunch of mm-hmm. people from that empire state where what do they know about liberty? It's like, no, no, no. These people are fleeing the tyranny <laughs> right. because they actually want the freedom that you offer. These are the reinforcements you are going to need to keep Texas, Texas, to keep New Hampshire, New Hampshire. I mean, keep New Hampshire the live for your die state, right? Don't let it slide into the progressivism that has taken over Maine and taken over Vermont and taken over Massachusetts. We need reinforcements in New Hampshire to keep New Hampshire free. And so, and so that's very exciting. And yeah, it is, it's a hard thing to do. 
Um, I will say, you know, I, I've seen in Maine, I mean, of course, there was what we went through during COVID, but also, I mean, even before COVID, our Democrat governor, one of the very first things she did, Governor Janet Mills, she uh, broke a campaign promise she made, and she led the charge to eliminate the religious and philosophical exemptions for vaccines for school children. Wow. So if you want your child to be enrolled in, in a school, you can't get a, an exemption anymore, even for virtual online charter schools. <laughs> like your kid is sitting at home on the computer, like socially distanced from everyone. You can't log into your virtual online charter school unless you got all of the all of the vaccines that the government says that you have to have. And I've seen families like uh, just over the years, some of our best people in Maine have been getting up and moving to states like New Hampshire and Texas and Florida. And and I don't blame them. I, it, may, it makes me worry for for kind of the long term political future of Maine um, that so many good people are leaving. Yeah. But I but I also hope that. Um, you know, we, we can we can build up good examples in these other states and the people who are left in Maine will 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 demand change. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately and fortunately, as libertarians, there is always the next crash. There's always the next yeah. unnecessary war. There's always the next calamity caused or at least exasperated by government. There's always that next thing that will wake up a certain percentage of the population and uh, like I mentioned earlier, it, it's it's great to have New Hampshire. And if you guys can fortify that state and really it can be the the, the shining city on a hill, you know, yeah. like Reagan said about America to, to the a rest of the country. Granite fortress of freedom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you guys have some pretty good hunting up there, too. I, uh, if I were to move I, as a as a complete redneck, I would uh, I would definitely go New Hampshire over Florida or Texas. This is my red the most redneck pitch for a state because. I really like to hang my deer for a few yeah. days, three, four days, to age the meat the same way. The best steakhouses do it with beef. Got to age that meat. Can't do it if it's 90 degrees and humid. So uh, I would I would go to the uh, northeast <laughs> over the south for sure. <laughs> well, well, if you ever get to that point, and I guess that's the thing. Like, Not everyone's ready to up, uproot their family and make the move. But when you get to that point where the tyranny has become too much— yeah. And you finally reach that breaking point. You say, we got to get out of here. We got to move. Yeah. I want everyone who's listening, who loves liberty to know that when you've reached that point, there is a home for you in New Hampshire. And we would love to have you. And who doesn't want to live next to a libertarian, man? <laughs> we make good neighbors. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> leave everybody what? alone and take responsibility for themselves and usually know how to like you know fix stuff <laughs> it's, it's great great to have a libertarian neighbor who yeah, yeah yeah if you have a problem we're not going to say oh uh go ask the government we'll say hey <laughs> let me see how i can lend a hand right let's let's build our own communities <laughs> absolutely man uh eric my brother thanks for doing this man let's do it again soon yeah. where can everybody f oh yeah all, all the pitches uh yeah Real quick. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. anyway, you can f follow me at Senator Brakey. You can uh, find the Free State Project at FSP.org. Tickets for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, again, March 14th to March 17th. Great event. This, this is the first time I went to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. That was the first time I even learned about Bitcoin. I went years later. I, I met. What year New was Hampshire that? What year were people talking about Bitcoin? <laughs> 2000, it was either 2012 or 2013, I can't nice. remember, but New Hampshire really was like the cradle of Bitcoin that yeah. kind of nursed it yeah. into adulthood, uh, into what it is today. So that's going to be an exciting event. 
Nashua, New Hampshire, March 14th to the 17th. You can get tickets at nhlibertyforum.com. A keynote speaker is uh, one of our keynotes announced, Brian Kaplan, New York Times bestselling author, professor of economics, George Mason. Come out for that. And then, of course, the, uh, you know, everyone's favorite, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. This is the 21st one. It's going to be the best because, of course, I'm going to be in charge this time. Uh, family friendly, June 17th to the 23rd, porkfest.com. That's pork with a C, not pork with a K. You go to porkfest.com with a K, you'll end up getting barbecue tickets or something. This is the Porcupine Freedom Festival, porkfest.com. Tickets sell out for all of these events, so get your tickets soon. Thank you so much uh, for having me on. Uh, it's always good to talk to you. It's been a long time, Brady. Absolutely, my brother. Everybody get your tickets. They're going to sell out fast. Everybody check out the Free State Project now, uh, fsp.com. Everybody follow Eric. He's great. That's all I got .org. today. .org. fsp.org. Uh, and everybody follow Eric over on Twitter. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Peace. <laughs>